Now tell me if you remember No telling if you remember I'll never forget I'll never forget Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. All right, you stop when I tell you to stop. You don't stop when you want to stop. Hello, this is Stop Hiring if you're, um, uh, as if we're in the industrial age. I am Kim Creighton. <sighs> I am Kim Creighton. Um, I am the founder of Hashtag Call the Scene. Raise your hand if you follow me on Twitter. Oh, not enough white people. Come on. <laughs> Um, I have the, um, hash, um, hashtag causeofscene.com and um, kimcrayton.com. And I have a trigger warning. My job is to make white people as uncomfortable as possible so that you can get to work and get this community changed. You're in the way. So this is one of the talks I just created this morning at 9 o'clock this morning just for you. I always, I'm an educator by trade. As Sarah said, I have a lot of incarnations. But the biggest one is I'm an educator. So I like to start with defining terms, because what I don't like is for we, me to get 15 minutes into a talk and people are like, oh, now I get it. Or 15 minutes into talking like, I don't agree. Because I really don't care if you don't agree, but you just keep that to yourself. So let's talk about privilege. White people get upset about this term, so I'm just going to break it down. Privilege is simply about access. Access. So who, raise your hand if you've seen these monkeys on National Geographic or something. Yeah, and so they all make them seem like they're just so happy to be, that's a lie, okay? Who's in the water or it's a maternal family? Everybody else is freezing their butts off on the outside trying to get in. That is what access is. People who have access and people who don't. It's simple as that. Don't be so, take it so personally, it's just a word. And then we talk about underrepresented. Underrepresented is about numbers. Just one little white lady. Poor little white lady. Just all by herself. Then you have that one little black guy head cut off of there. Top. So <laughs> that's underrepresented. Marginalized is about treatment of groups. So I'm going to be specific. It's about treatment of groups. It's not individuals, because white people like to say, but I, it's not about you as an individual. It's the systems within which we work. So although women are underrepresented in tech, Cis white women are not marginalized. So you do not get your, your diversity numbers by hiring white women, um, cis white women. That doesn't work. And you also don't get them by getting somebody on the LGBTQ um, community who's a person of color, who's on the autism spectrum, who has one leg. You don't get it all in one person. That's what I'm trying to say. Diversity is about variety. So I know from my talk earlier this week that you do have Crayola here. Okay, so there was a box of four crayons that I can never do anything with. I'm not that creative with a black or white or red and what I don't even know what the other color is. I'm not that creative. But if you give me a 64 box of crayons, it may still be ugly, but it's going to be a colorful, ugly picture. That is what diver diversity is about. It is about the variety what we can create together that we cannot create by ourselves. And then uh, inclusion. This is the holy grail for me. 
And inclusion is about, about, excuse me, is about my experience. You as an organization, you as a manager, you as a peer do not get to tell me if I'm included or not. I tell you based on my experience with the organization, the policies, procedures, and processes, if I feel included. And I'm going to be honest with you, the majority of marginalized people in our organization do not feel included, but they're too afraid to say anything. You're doing a really bad job. Inclusion is also not about equality. There is no way, and I see so many white male faces in here, that I'm ever going to be equal to you in this space. What I need you to do for that ever to happen is to go take, get narcolepsy, go out for a few days, for a while. Let me get a head start. And when you wake up, I need you crawling as your very slowest for us to ever be equal. So there is no such thing as marginalized being equal. What we need to do and what we have not been doing, we need to prioritize the needs of the most vulnerable and the marginalized in our community. Because when we're safe, everybody is. This is not about quotas. OK, I'll trade you one um, African American for two Jews. That's not how this works. It, again, it's about my experience. We always talk about disruption in this industry, and we are really not as disruptive as we think we are. If I see one more scooter app, you're solving white people's problems, not mine. So while many of us view disruption as an innovative product or service, product or service, first of all, is not a business. It's a product or services. This is where you guys get in, in, get, get in trouble, because you take these great ideas that are actually products and services, and you try to scale them with no processes, po policies, and procedures in place. And what you have is a big, scalable, I mean, big, huge product or service with nothing underneath it, which is hard to do. So I am about challenging the status quo. I am about anything that used to, if someone comes up to me and says, this is how, I, before they even finish that sentence, this is how we always did it, I'm going, ah, we're not doing it that way anymore. So there's three pillars to building a 21st century business. We have to focus on leadership, we have to focus on management, and we have to focus on stakeholders. So we'll start with leadership. And that's where I start, because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't work with um, line managers. I don't work with people um, who are work, you know, in the trenches. Because you know what? This is why you're tired. If leadership does not buy into it by resources, um, with uh, money, time, and effort, and an intention that this, and a demand that this is going to happen, you're wasting your time. You're getting burnt out. And what you're doing is harming these very individuals or even your companies because you are doing harm. If leadership is not bought into this, this is a waste of your time. But it also tells you if you work there and these things are important to you, it's time to leave. In the industrial age, the value is put on what you could do. We're in the information age and the value is put on what you know. This is the problem. We're still treating the world as if we're creating widgets. We're not creating widgets. We're creating, we need to be creating knowledge. And that comes from information that we can turn into knowledge. And I'm going to give you an example of this, and I'm going to give you some more definitions. I have always wanted to learn how to build businesses. First of all, I'm going to say black women in the United States are the most degreed individuals in that country because you white people don't believe anything we say unless we have letters behind our names. That's just the truth. So everybody knows in our industry we say Google it. Well, Google all that provides is information. It is not knowledge. So I could not find what I had a crap load of information about what, how to build a business. 
but nothing about the knowledge, that practical application about building business, which is two different things. So we have a definition of what knowledge, uh, information is. It's just facts. It's just the stuff that we find on, you know, on the internet. The stuff that we find on Stack Overflow. And this is why I have an issue with Stack Overflow. People are using it as if it's a knowledge portal. It is an information portal. And it's an information portal that is very specific to a group of people who feel safe and participating on that platform. When you have a survey for three years running that says uh, over 90% of your respondents of males, age, uh, white males aged 18 to 34, I have a problem with that when you promote that survey as if it's the broader developer community, because it is not. It is not the broader de developer community. What it is, is a community of people who treat other people like crap, who feel comfortable enough to participate. And then when you have organizations asking people like myself or other marginalized people, I need to see your Stack Overflow score, or I need to see your GitHub score, that's a problem because I don't feel safe enough to even get a score. Why are we gamifying this? This does not mean I have knowledge. It means I know information. So knowledge is about turning information, um, it's what you do with the information. So if someone tells me something, how I internalize that and make it a part of my job is now my knowledge, right? So if I, I'm forever, when I was in uh, teaching, <laughs> somebody said, okay, well, this needs to go together, right? You need to correlate this thing. By the time they came back, I got an assembly line because I figured out how to make this thing go faster because I'm all about processes. That was me, somebody giving me information, and me figuring out how to do it the best way I can. But the problem is, if I can't get that out of my head and share that with the organization, you have, there is no organizational learning. Those manuals that we used to use in the industrial age to create these widgets. Somebody, you get a job, somebody hand you a manual, that's your whole job. You knew, you were good, because everything you needed was in that manual. So it's that information or that knowledge that is easy to share, easy to codify. So, um, I'm just going to say, okay, so you have these, we, talk, we just heard about deep learning, and, and, and so you have these AI algorithms. The algorithm is explicit knowledge, which can be automated, so you guys will be automated very soon if you don't figure this out. You laugh, but I'm going to always have a job. But tacit knowledge is how that algorithm was created. This is what we need to be competing on in our businesses today. This is how we grow businesses that compete in a global economy. What's in my head, if I can articulate it to a team of people, we can, as, a, as business leaders, we can now create a strategy around that. If not, so this is just a, a, a diagram of what that is. So you can see explicit knowledge is so small compared to how big, how vast, tacit knowledge is. So what's happening is these leaders must understand and capture this in order to gain competitive advantage. Because this is what these businesses are for. You need to compete in the global market. You don't have, it's boots, right? Boots? The, yeah, that's the weird name for a doggone, um, for, for a pharmacy, boots. <laughs> you know, it is what it is, but it's boots. All right. So boots is people who, who visit the the local boots usually live in that neighborhood or somebody passing by that, right? Well, we know our customers are global. We're not building boots anymore, but we keep acting like we're building boots anymore by having all these white developers here building boots. How is a white developer gonna build boots for Brazil? How is a white developer gonna build boots for me? 
You don't even have flesh, my flesh color band-aids. You don't even have the hair care products in the store that I need. So you're missing, and it's untapped. I mean, how many? If <laughs> I want to talk about Silicon Valley, yeah. <laughs> but Silicon Valley has left so much money on the table because you've had black women who come to them asking for money for about black hair care products, and they have no idea how much we freaking spend on our hair. So they're like, oh, no, this doesn't make us like, you do, do, do not. A woman who has a weave, do you know that they can spend $500 just on hair? Just on the hair? Not to get the hair done, in it, just a bag of hair. And you just walked away from that. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Well, it does, because you're white and you don't know anything about us if you never had to learn anything about us. White people are the most segregated people in this, in this world. You've segregated yourselves on purpose. It's comfortable for you. And when you see us walking down the street, you get very uncomfortable. I really need y'all to get real uncomfortable because I'm sick of being uncomfortable. I'm sick of stepping out of the way when you're walking down the street with your friends and you won't get the hell out of my way. You're walking down the sidewalk because you've been told that this belongs to you, so you don't move. I just want you to remember this face because if it's coming towards you and you're not moving, we, we come into contact because I'm knocking you over. That's my goal, because I deserve to take up space. So programming is a skill that's implicit, explicit, which means that as soon as we figure, as soon as you guys figure out how to do this, you're going to code yourselves out of a job. What you need, our program is your experience is what you need, which is that tacit knowledge. That's something they can't, they can't program out. You can't program out of it, because all that algorithm can do is what you tell it to do. And I'm going to drop this in there. There is no such thing as unbiased data, which means there is no such thing as an unbiased algorithm. Period. Everyone in the hashtag call the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. Period. Every human is bias. And since humans are creating these products, these programs, we are all biased. What you want to do is mitigate and recognize your bias. And this is what I love about research, because there's a such thing as validity and reliability. We don't have much of that in tech at all. We just go because we feel like that's what the program, the thing we need to be doing. No one checks the validity, I mean, uh, or the reliability. It's just like, oh, that worked. Okay, let's keep going. So conversations, this is what I love, conversations about Angular versus React or whatever new thing is out there, it's showing how limited you are because all you're thinking about is a technology or a tool. We need you to start thinking about how to solve the problem. There are too many dev shops that, oh, I only do this thing. So you contort this problem that your customer or client has to fit to solve the problem of the only technology tool you know how to do. That's doing a disservice. You need to solve the problem first and then figure out the tool that best fits the solving the problem. Stop looking for complex, um, simple solutions to complex problems. So now we're going to talk about management. When we talk about building businesses for the 21st century, 
which includes inclusion and diversity, because if you do these things, we don't need a DNI department. These things are a part of our culture, part of our DNA of our organizations. You would never change tech, and this is a big one, until we redefine the, how we, what we define as technical. It damages the health of our communities when um, programming is considered technical and everything else is considered non-technical or soft skills. I don't have soft skills. I have some skills that many of you will never have. You are a commodity. And if I'm hurting your feelings, good. Because this ticks me off. Because this is where people want to negotiate prices. No, you don't negotiate my price. I set my price. And because of this, and uh, I hope this doesn't um, violate the code of conduct, I'm sorry. I have a price. And then I have a bullshit price on top of that. It's a bullshit tax. Because there's always going to be some bullshit that I got to deal with that you don't have to deal with when you're dealing with your computer because human beings come with bullshit. So we need to stop talking about t um, technical and non-technical skills. Let's define some terms. What you know is a technology. You're technical in a technology. We're all technical. We need to make sure we're using terms correctly. So Google's uh, figured out a surprising thing when they, you know, looked at their employees. Right here it says, Project R Oxygen shocked everybody by concluding that among the eight most um, important qualities of Google's top employees, STEM expertise came in dead last. So why are they still doing their um, interviews the way they do? I just don't, you did the survey, you did the research, but you're still doing it, but backwards. The top seven skills were, um, uh, and they use soft skills, bless their heart, being a good coach, communicating, listening well, processing insight from others, having empathy, supporting one's colleagues, good critical thinking and problem solving, and uh, being able to connect the dots. We need to stop thinking in silos. Your organizations are systems. Just because you have a good team over here, I'm not impressed if, your if that does not translate throughout your whole organization. Because that means you have a cancer in the rest of your organization, which at some point, as we know about cancer, will spread. These are the skills that the World Economic Forum says that we need for 2020. And if you don't have these, you need to start developing them. Because this is important. Because I really want you to do a self-analysis, uh, self some self-reflection. Because many of you, if you're honest with yourself, you don't have nary anything on here. And we've seen people implode. Lionel Torville. He, uh, he's been doing his, his, this project like a, a bat out of hell for a while. And now he's realized, oh, wow, I need to step back because I need to take care of me. I need to figure out why I don't have these skills. Because that becomes a problem in your project. Just as uh, many of you decided to, um, you know, become programs, I decided I didn't want to be. After I figured it, that JavaScript thing, man, that was a pain. <laughs> I thought I was stupid. First of all, y'all need to stop telling new people that it's learning the code is hard, easy. It is not. Because what you do, thank you. Because what you end up doing as an adult learner is you make me internalize my failure because you're not being honest about this process. All learning is hard. And learning a new language is even harder. So just tell them that. It's hard. But you can do it. So, so for me, my mentor said, okay, we're going to put this dog on JavaScript down because it's just too many moving pieces just to get something to work. We're going to work on learning Python the hard way. Oh, my Lord. That's what an object is. Can y'all not explain that easier in JavaScript? 
And I was able at that point to turn my Python code into JavaScript. I was rocking and rolling. And then I was like, you know what? But I have some skills that many of these folks don't have, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do that thing because they're doing that thing. I'm going to go over here and do this thing. So my thing, my strengths is uh, professional development and building strategies for building, um, for building companies because y'all don't know what y'all doing. Again, you have a product or a service and you think that's a business. So important things to remember, again, a product or service is not a business. You cannot manage what you cannot measure. And successful businesses are built on a foundation of enabling leaders to plan, evolve, and recover. And think about this recovery part, because it's happening a lot. Lack of inclusion is a risk management issue. How many of you um, managers and leaders in this room actually have a risk management plan for your products and services because they're causing harm to other people? Current hiring processes should enable us to screen for knowledge and skills needed for innovation, differentiation, and competitive advantage, not the fact that this person can code. That should be a, because mm. if someone, if I'm learning about, if I need to know about, I'm building a product that has deep learning, and this individual, where is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. She brings, comes in, but her coding skills aren't that great. You think I ain't going to hire her and teach her what she needs to know? We don't think that way because we prioritize coding, which again is a commodity. Anybody can learn it. So we're going to talk about hiring for tacit knowledge because this is where we're losing people, particularly people in marginalized communities because we don't know. First of all, we're treating everybody the same. We don't understand that people don't feel safe in your environments. It worked for you, so it works for everybody, which is not true. So you need to think about what are, we, why are, what are we hiring for? And not just think beyond the skills. Think about the competencies, what knowledge gaps that you have, what are our core values, and what areas of, uh, that, are, that we lack diversity. Then you need to look at these job descriptions. Oh, Lord, some of y'all job descriptions are just so, oh, bless it. Um, one client that I had, they hired me because I was doing a Zoom um, uh, um, we were doing a call, and I was doing Zoom, and I immediately sh screen shared her um, my screen, and on their website, she's in HR. Somebody else, is, it, you know, developed every instance of rely, um, referring to technology was a masculine pronoun. Anybody who's ever been harassed would not apply to that job. She was shocked. She saw that and was like, "You're hired right then." I went back to show somebody the next day. She'd already had them change it. They had that ninja and rock star crap in there, too. <laughs> please, if you think that is something we care about, please take that off your LinkedIn, your Twitter handle, all of that. No one cares about you being a rock star or a ninja. I don't care. You're actually a person I really won't be able to have a conversation with. And you're why I have bullshit tax. <laughs> so you need to really think about inclusive language. What are you trying to, because um, even in, we're, I was in Germany where they have by law to put male and female, it was still exclusive. So just putting an M and an L um, on there does not make it inclusive. Then you have to think about your recruiting process. Where are you going? In the U.S., they always want to go to Stanford and Harvard and blah, 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 blah. God, these people are boring. They're only innovating because they have privilege to innovate. This is why, I, oh my Lord, I have, there are a lot of heroes, tech heroes, that I just don't have anymore. Like Elon Musk, to see him just implode. Um, 
because of what I recognized when I really started understanding about privilege and white supremacy, he has had a system of apartheid at his back pushing him forward. And he's had the privilege and the money to do all of these things. And not much. I mean, yeah, I think I'd be great, too, if I had all that. I look at a lot of people, Steve Jobs, all these. I'm like, yeah, my hustle and your hustle ain't getting the same results. So we really need to think about what we're recruiting for. And then the application process. Come on, people. Can we treat people with respect? Can, if, if somebody sends an application, I mean, change the form letter? Actually reach back out to them? Don't ignore them? Because we do talk in these back channels. And this is one of the reasons that many of you aren't getting us, is because you have employees there who are absolute trash. But because these individuals don't feel safe enough to tell you, they tell us. So you're floating around in our communities, mm-mm, don't work there, and you don't even know. But where are you recruiting? Where's your application process? Are you going to where we are? We don't trust white people. I have it. There's a history in the United States of you treating black people poorly. It is your responsibility to change that perception in my eye. And this is where people get upset because I distrust whiteness by default. I don't care how you feel about that, but it's in my best interest to do that because my life depends on it. Interview process. Oh my God, if you do whiteboarding, sheesh, that's not solving everyday problems. That's not solving the problems that you're hiring people to, to solve at your, can we, can we make the interview process a way of getting knowledge out there? Job offers, onboarding, what are you doing for onboarding? Ongoing training and development and feedback. Oh, this right here. Basically, stop treating everybody like they're 18 to 34-year-old white dudes with nothing else on, on their mind. Because I'm not going to be doing an open source project for you on the side. That's not going to happen. I don't have kids. So, but don't just because I don't have kids, don't think I don't have nothing to do with my time. Strategies for developing these skills. Seek out opportunities to do, be part of multidisciplinary teams. Seek opportunities to mentor and be mentored. Also, if you're a bad mentor, if you don't like people, please stay away from mentees because a bad mentor is worse than having no mentor at all. <laughs> Seek feedback on skills other than programming. Um, offer the right documentation. There's a lot of empathy when you do that. Um, spend some time working in the support department. <laughs> I bet you get a lot of um, empathy with that. Conduct some lunch and learns with your non-programming staff. Participate in job shadowing and job swapping. Special, um, socialize in, in, in non-programming events that don't involve alcohol. Yeah, y'all, mm, I don't know what, what's with these drinking things, but that's a holdover to college and all that other mess when we thought products and services were businesses. Um, speak at conferences about something other than technology and volunteer to teach programming to these, uh, these underrepresented and marginalized groups. Who are your stakeholders? Building a successful organization with fewer unintended consequences requires more than a product or service. You need to be thinking about all your stakeholders. So again, in the industrial age, it was about shareholder value only. That's not, go that's not flying anymore. Definitely not flying anymore. You need to think about your stakeholders. And they start from the top. You need to think about the people who work for you. Then think about the people who you partner with you. Then think about the people who buy from you, and then think about the people who invest in you. 
Because once, if you have a team that works with you, that feels inclusive and taken care of, and there's a safe space, everything else flows. We all got this backwards. We're still thinking about everybody wants an IPO. Every business doesn't need to be on the, on the, uh, on the stock market. Because most of y'all don't have businesses again. It's a product or service. Going from product or service focus to a business model focus takes time, intention, and strategic effort. Intention without strategy is chaos. All are necessary to improve in order to innovate, differentiate, and compete in an information age. Building a 21st century business requires us changing the culture to reflect the absorption of an individual. We're no longer being, well, I'm no longer going to assimilate. I'm just letting y'all know that. Because it absolutely, you bring, I bring no value to the company if I need to be a culture fit. Please stop using that word. The culture should change by my very being there. It makes everybody uncomfortable, but so what? It makes a better product or service and a better business model. So things to remember, lack of inclusion is a risk management issue. Business success in information age requires organizational leaders to build relationships with all stakeholders and facilitate organizational knowledge sharing. A major barrier to success is the lack of conversations we're having about um, privilege and white supremacy people. The governments of, of our um, global economies were built on white supremacy. In the United States, which all of you be, have benefited from, it was built on the justification of slavery. And until we have an honest conversation and face that and you get uncomfortable with that, nothing's going to change. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Call the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Call the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Call the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCallTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.